But we're so glad to be with you guys tonight. And I, I don't know if you've noticed, but there are some revivals happening when it comes to clothing and hairstyles. Um, my daughter, Brynn, I'm going to pick on her a little bit tonight. Uh, last week, my wife and I looked at her, and she's wearing these, like, mom jeans, these, like, baggy jeans with, like, rips in the knees. And I looked at my wife, I said, that's exactly what we wore. I didn't wear the mom jeans, but that's exactly what we wore back in the day. Um, about six months ago, seven months ago, I was talking with a guy, Aiden, who comes to the night service. And a lot, some of you guys know Aiden. He's got this epic, long, curly hair. And we were talking about soccer, both soccer goalies. And so we're like relating on all these different things. And I said, bro, I just got to tell you, when I was your age, I had your exact hair. And he looked at my head and just went, oh, no. Like, like he knew what was coming. But there's a lot of revivals, a lot of like bringing back to life some things that were, you know, long forsaken, so to speak. And I want you to think about that word revival tonight. Because a revival is something I think that's so necessary in our nation, our community, our neighborhood right here. I think that there are so many lost without Jesus. There are so many spiritually dead, so many broken and hurting, so many running from Jesus with their backs turned to God. And we need the revival. And there are several Hebrew, Hebrew words that make up this word revive or revival in the Old Testament. One means to be quickened. Another one is to be made alive. Another one to be restored. Another one is to return, and another is to turn back. And isn't it interesting that all the problems I just brought up, all are answered in this word revival. Like, lost without Jesus, there's a quickening for that person, the spiritually dead person, God bringing them back to life spiritually, the broken and the hurting person, restoration, all those who are running this great homecoming or returning to Jesus, and it all happens when revival comes. Now, the funny thing about revival is you can't make it happen, right? Like, I can't say, guys, we're going to stay a little late tonight around 10 p.m. and revival's going to fall on this place. Like, we can't make that happen, but there's a couple things we can do. One, we can pray for it, which I hope we are. But number two, we can kind of be ready for it, you know? Like, set ourselves up in the right spot for when God's presence comes, we're here to catch it. A lot of you guys have probably been to baseball games. I can't wait to get back to City Field. I'll even go to Yankee Stadium this year. Whatever I got to do just to get to a ball game, don't hold me to that. But I'm really excited about just being back. And one of the things I love is going early and going there for batting practice. And of course, if you want to catch a fly ball as the guys are taking batting practice, you have to put yourself in the right spot, right? You got to get out there in the outfield stands. Often you're in like left field, right field. You're ready for that, that ball to come so you can catch it. And the same way, that's what we want to do when it comes to revival. We can't make it happen because God's the one that stirs that up. But we want to be in the right place for it. We want to be ready for it. We want to have the right heart for it. And so here in this series, we're talking about how important it is that we have a home somewhere. We're portable right now. It's going well, but they're selling the school in a few years. So like there's all these different kind of variables at play. And we just want to make sure we have a home where God can move, a place where God can quicken people and restore them and call prodigals home and save those who are lost. And so today, we're going to talk a bit more about the building. Today's also our big pledge day. But we're also going to talk about our hearts because the truth is, some of us came tonight not really caring about a building, right? Some of you guys are here tonight and it's not because you're a bad person. You're just in a bad place. Maybe somebody you love's in a bad place, going through some difficulty, and you're not really ready to hear a message about a fundraiser and a building project like you need something for your soul tonight. And so if that's you, I want to speak to your soul tonight as well. And if you're not a follower of Jesus and you're checking things out, you're watching online, you're here with us out here on the, on the patio, then, man, I just pray that tonight you would think about putting your trust in Jesus. I want you to hear about the heart of God, what he thinks about you, what he feels about you, because often we write ourselves off. Even some Christians here tonight might be saying, I just feel like maybe God has finally gotten sick of me. 
You know, maybe he's finally ready to desert me. Maybe he's angry. Maybe he's just done with my story. And I want you to see tonight what God's heart is in the midst of all this. So we have been actually, whether you knew it or not, working our way through the book of Nehemiah. And we're about three quarters, of, or two-thirds of the way through. And so far what we've seen in Nehemiah is God give him this great vision. And the vision was, Nehemiah, my, my people are suffering. This whole wall has broken down that surrounded Jerusalem. I want you to go back and I want you to restore it. I want you to rebuild it. And so he went back, as we saw. And we saw he rallied a group of people. They came around. We saw last week they met some opposition, but they kept their eyes on God's vision. And they overcame, and the wall was built in 52 days. Now, if you and I are writing the book of Nehemiah, we probably stop right there, right? Great. God gave Nehemiah a vision, built the wall. He built it. End of movie, right? No, no, no. What I love is the last, two, last third of Nehemiah can really be summed up in this word revival. You see, the building being, or the wall being completed and the city being kind of protected again was only really the beginning of the story of what God wanted to do in that place. And I believe the same is true for us. We're going to have a big old celebration when the building is up, but I really think that's just the beginning of the story that God is writing for us as a church in this season. And so, Revival is when God shows up. Revival is when God transforms hearts. Revival is when people are going to live a different way. Revival is when we see many coming to Christ for the first time. And in these next four chapters, we see God do some powerful things when it comes to revival. So we're actually going to finish off the book of Nehemiah tonight. And I'm going to summarize some of it, and I'm going to look in detail of some of it. But here we go, Nehemiah chapter 7. They delegate some jobs, and then we get a list of exiles returning. So you remember those people that had been carried off because of their sin, and they were in this season of discipline? Well, those people, we get a list of who came back. Then in Nehemiah 8, all the people gather, and Ezra reads the law. He reads God's word to the people. And it says that they did this from daybreak until noon. And some of you all thought my sermons were long. Nehemiah 8, 6 says this, Ezra praised the Lord. Can you picture this? The, the wall is rebuilt. Everybody's safe. What they set out to do, they've accomplished. And it says, Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people lifted their hands and responded, amen, amen. Can you picture you and I, we together, out in our new building, just a few feet from here, lifting our hands to God, praising him for what he's accomplished, thanking him for what he's done. I'll tell you, we've, you know, not had a, like a straight up building to meet in on this property, but we have already filled this place with praise, right? We worshiped out here on the lawn all last summer and fall, and actually again this morning because it was crazy hot. And then we've had our youth group meeting down here, up in the building, worshiping God. We've had our women's ministry up in the building, worshiping God. We've had our uh, worship nights here, worshiping God. We've had community groups meeting here, worshiping God around the fire pit. Like This place has been filled already with the praises of God. And almost every time I come on the property or leave it, I say out loud, man, God, you're just so good. I can't believe this is our space. Like, I'll just speak that out. Like, just a, oh, that's a little rain, ain't it? All right. Well, we're going to be cool tonight, friends. <laughs> Turn the sprinklers off. Who is that? Who's on that team, right? Hey, we're going to go for it. You're like, Doug, you're going to go for it. We're going home. <laughs> that's fine. Hey, you do what you got to do. Seriously, do what you got to do. You got to take off. Lord bless you, you wimp. No, no. Uh, Lord, Lord bless you and do what you got to do. That's pretty funny that it's raining. All right. Hey, Andrew, are there any instruments you want to cover real quick? Well, <laughs> yeah, he's running up here. All right, good, good, good. Verse eight, seriously, if you guys want to take off, feel free or run out of the gazebo, whatever you want to do. But it's kind of a cool memory. Remember that time it was 90 and then it rained on us? And Doug was standing up there like an idiot, didn't know what to do? That's great. All right. Verse 8. 
They read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning so that the people understood what was being read. So again, picture this with me, all right? Ignore these herbs. Picture this with me, all right? (laughs) Picture this with me. This is so powerful. I just love that the people are coming around the, the, the word of God. And I love that it says this. Like, I bet you didn't know this was in the Bible. It says that they said it in such a way that the people understood it, that the meaning was clear. I think that's so awesome because that's so our heart here at Living Word. We want you to walk out of here every single Sunday knowing what to do with what you've heard, knowing this is what the Word of God means. We want you to know how to read it for yourself. We want you to know how it applies to your life. And we're going to do that in that new building. We're going to come around the Word of God, and we're going to believe it's going to bring revival and bring change in people's lives. Then they have a big celebration, and we're going to do that as well. The, the, the um, beautiful fountain in the back there, we're going to fill that with some fondue, and y'all come out, and you guys bring some marshmallows and Twizzlers, and it's going to be epic. Revival. Nehemiah 9.2 says, Those of Israelite descent had separated themselves from all foreigners. They stood in their places, and they confessed their sins. And I believe in that new building, we're going to come together, and there's going to be times when the Spirit of God moves in our lives and in our services, and we just begin to confess what's been going on in our lives to one another and to the Lord, even more importantly. It says, They stood where they were and read from the book of the law of the Lord their God for a quarter of the day and spent another quarter in confession and in worshiping the Lord their God. So think about it. They come together. They're humbling themselves, confessing their sin, worshiping God, coming around the word of God. Revival, right? We're seeing God work powerfully. And then the Levites, they get up and they say, we want to remind you guys of some stuff. We want to remind you of how God delivered you from Egypt. We want to remind you of how he split the sea. We want to remind you of the manna that came from heaven and the water that came from the rock and from the sky right now as we speak. We want to remind you of all these things. And I want to remind you guys for a few minutes of some things here. I want to remind you of what God has done for our church and his faithfulness to our church. The the manna from heaven he sent to us, so to speak. The water that came out of the rock for us as a church. And I have to think, right, let's just go back like 40-something years my, uh, my father-in-law, Pastor Ravone, his wife, Kathy, are on the brink of divorce. He's addicted to drugs. Things are a mess. My mother-in-law has changed the locks, and he's, like, kicked out of the house. And they both meet Jesus, and everything changes. And they begin to attend a church in Comac, and eventually they start to feel the call of God on their life to start a church. And it's like, well, where do we start the church? And they're like, how about our living room? And think about this. Can you imagine... As they're putting like four of these folding chairs, they probably were those blue folding chairs we have in the back, honestly, those same ones 40-something years ago. And so imagine starting to put those things out. You think they could have imagined that eventually we'd build a building on 347. And when I say they built a building, like they built the building. Like these guys did it themselves. This small little church, they came on Saturday and they started digging out the, the basement with a backhoe, you know, like the church members. Then they built one half of the church, then the other half of the church. There's nothing to see up there. It's not real. It's, it's, it's all imagination. You know, the, that, that thing you're feeling, it's, the production team is amazing tonight. Um, you think that they could have imagined all the people that they'd see saved and baptized and discipled. You think they could have imagined as they're sitting, seriously, they're sitting in their living room thinking about a church that we'd outgrow that space on 347 and then eventually we'd end up in a school and end up on this property, almost five acres. You think they could have imagined the, the thousands of people that would have been uh, impacted by their ministry. I was talking with a couple after church this morning who met here. They met here at the church about maybe 12, 13 years ago. And 
there they were introducing me to their firstborn child for the first time, this little baby, beautiful little Liv, right? And so we're talking, and, and the husband looks at me, and he says, you know, I was thinking as you were talking about Pastor Ravone starting the church all those years ago, that if he hadn't started the church, this little one wouldn't be here, because this is where we met, and this is what God has done in our family. And it's like, wow, do you think about all of the different people that have been touched in a powerful way? And so I want to remind you of that. I also want to remind you of this incredible property, of, of what you to be like a hill with trees everywhere, uh, all flattened out for us to build a building, all this extra stuff. You know, some of you guys, maybe over the years, you've, or the last year or so, you've seen that big kind of platform, that like 200-foot platform in the back there and wondered what that was. Uh, he claims he made that so that hawks would come and land. I, I think it's better as a zipline platform. Um, don't think we haven't, as a staff, measured to the tree how, how much zipline length we would need, but that's to talk for another day. But thinking about what he did and, and him you know, just being on this mission to complete this property and putting $6 million into this place, and then we're able to get it for 1.55. Like, it's just such a God thing, such a, a manna from heaven thing, such a water from the rock thing that he's done. And I want to remind you guys of the 27 families who already pledged, before we, before we even started this series, they pledged $617,422. I always say dollars in the middle there, and I feel really dumb. $617,422. There we go. Thank you very much. And then last week, another $71,140. And then this week, another $36,000. And then today, a bunch has been coming, and I don't even have a total for that yet. But think about it. Before we even got to pledge day, we had $724,500. $162 pledge. I think we got to get a little excited about that and say, God, you're good. You've done something huge for us. We've got three quarters of a million dollars before the campaign even kicks off. How powerful is that? And then, and this is really important, if you're here and you're like, I don't care about the building. My heart's broken. I don't care about the building. I feel far from God. I don't know if Jesus wants me anymore. I don't know if he can be trusted. Please listen to me now. Because then they remind, the Levites remind everybody, hey, do you guys remember when we got far from God, when we walked far away from him? Whoa, we're really going for it now. And in Nehemiah 9.17, it says they refused to listen and failed to remember the miracles you performed among them. Maybe some of us just forgot. Man, we're going wasp now? Seriously, you see that thing? This is in the name of Jesus. We got, wow. I don't think God... God is, uh, I don't think anybody but God wants this building built right now. This is like all of the winds, rains, and killer bees from Africa are falling upon us. But um, I think about some of us maybe feeling like that, you know, like we've just forgotten. Oh, God help us. We've forgotten the, the things that God has done for us. Maybe some of us, as he goes on, he says, they became stiff-necked and in their rebellion, appointed a leader in order to return them to their slavery. Like, they got to the point where they were so far from God, they were running back to the things that used to enslave them. And I think that's some of us tonight. We just feel like, I'm just running from God, and I was, I was like free from this, that, or the other thing, but I've just been running back toward my slavery again. And I think a lot of us just think, man, I, God just must be so sick of me. He's got to be so tired of me. But I love the next part, because it says this, but you are forgiving God, gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. Therefore, you did not desert them. And some of you guys don't need to hear anything about a building tonight. You need to hear that God is gracious and compassionate, that he is slow to anger, abounding in love, and he does not desert you. If you get anything out of tonight, that's my prayer. 
If you don't give a dollar toward this building, that's my prayer. You would walk out of here knowing, okay, all I know is this God has not deserted me. This God has not let me go. He's not given up on me. He has not gotten tired of me. He's not grown sick of me. And he's not ready to hold anything back from me. But he's ready to meet me like the, the father in the prodigal son story with open arms. And so I pray tonight you would recognize, along with all of us, that although we've done some pretty crazy stuff in our lives, God has not written us off. Nehemiah 10, I love this. You want to talk about revival. When you see true revival take place, people begin to live a different way. Not just what they believe changes, but how they live changes. And it says here in Nehemiah 10 that in response to all that God had done, the people agreed to live for the Lord. Like the whole community came together. They said, because of all God's done for us, we're going to live for the Lord. And I believe as we're in that new building and we're worshiping and praising, coming around the word, we're confessing, we're humbling ourselves, that, man, there's going to be some times we're going to come together and just say, hey, man, we're just going to go for it. Like with all we have, we want to live for the Lord. We want to stop compromise. We want to stop giving in to this or that. We want to really and truly see God's will done in our lives and in our community. Nehemiah 11 and 12 tells us who lived where and the responsibilities that were given to who. And then they have a big old dedication for the wall. And I think it's going to be amazing, man. There's going to be a day when we're going to have a dedication for this new space. We've already dedicated the space to the Lord, but, but the building itself and what God wants to do. And I just want to remind you, I'm not excited about a building. I'm excited about the lives that will be rebuilt in the building. Like that's what it's about, right? And so that's why we're doing this. That's why we're excited to see God do something powerful. In Nehemiah 13, we find out that Nehemiah returned to the king of Persia for a season and the people got way off course. And he went running back and he came in pretty intense and he pointed them back to the Lord. And he basically got physical with like the different things that were going on and said, well, we're going to break these idols up and we're going to tear that thing down and we're going to make sure that everybody's eyes are back on the Lord. And I have to believe that in the new building, there are going to be those that come in whose eyes are not on the Lord. And we're going to be able to say, well, let's get our eyes back there. Let's keep on looking back. All of us have the potential at one time or another in our lives to get just our gaze off Jesus, our eyes off Jesus, start looking at other things, distracted by this, that, or the other. And I believe that in this space, God's going to keep on calling us to point people back to him. I pray that many will find this loving, compassionate, gracious, gracious God who does not desert us. So my bottom line for you guys today, and then we'll talk a little bit more about the building stuff. My bottom line for you today is a prayer. It's not a statement. It's not something necessarily to learn. It's something that I want you to pray. And it's very simple. It's just simply this. God, we pray in this new building, we will experience revival. God, we're going to pray for it. We're going to set ourselves up in the outfield to catch the ball, so to speak. We want to be there so that when your presence falls, we're ready for you and we're hungry for it. And we know that this community and this nation needs it like never before. And so, God, we just want to set ourselves up to be ready for what you want to do. That, God, you would come and quicken people. You would come and bring dead hearts back to life. You would come and welcome the prodigals home. You would be able to take our eyes and get them back on Jesus and pushing aside all the distractions and the things that get us entangled, right? Oh, God, we want to see true revival. We don't have a stomach, right? Can we all agree on something tonight? We don't have a stomach for the fake Right? We don't have a stomach for the show. We don't have a stomach for what man can do, women can do. We want to see what God can do, right? Like that's the cry of our heart. That's why we're here. Not to entertain, not to, you know, just try and 
get a bunch of people together and say we have a great cause going, but truly to meet with the Lord, truly that the Spirit of God would do something genuine and bring that life change, that life change that we're all aiming for and falling short on our own, that he would bring it. And so we need to pray that God would show up in a powerful, incredible way. And so we've been talking in this series about our need to raise money to make this happen. And like I've been saying, I'm no salesman. I'm the worst pitch guy around, man. I'm not going to get anybody to buy something they don't want. Trust me, I'll talk you out of it probably, right? But instead, I just know that God's calling me, though, to be bold and saying, hey, but here's what we need. Here's what we need. And would you pray about it? I'm not twisting arms here. I'm just going to let you know what we need. And we're going to pray and ask God to provide. And you guys have been so generous. Like I said, to be starting pledge day with three, almost three quarters of a million dollars already pledged and some of it given, that shows the kind of church this is. That shows that people are running toward this, right? It's not like I have to twist ours. People are already running toward this. And as I've been saying, our staff wanted to go first. Our elders wanted to go first. Our team leaders wanted to go first because we believe you have to know that we're in this as much as you are that we go first. It costs us. And so we've gone first, and we're ready now to ask you guys if you'd pray about joining us as well. And so we're asking that you pray about pledging over a three-year time period, because we know a lot of people just don't have a lot of cash just sitting around. And so if you guys can open up your app, the Living Word Church LI app, and just hit the um, sign-ups button, and then open up that form that says Reach LI New Building, and if you don't want to do that, there's also a paper that you should have been given tonight that has all the same stuff. So I'm just going to quickly run through this. And um, let me answer a question before I even get to this. I got about four questions I'm gonna, I was going to answer later. Let me answer one of them now because it's a great question. Somebody said, Doug, um, do I have to give a number designated like in these numbers? And the answer is no. You can give any number you feel you're supposed to give. Like somebody said, I don't want to give 3,000, but I, I'd like to give more than that, but I don't want to give 10,000. It's kind of a big jump. Can I give somewhere in the middle? Absolutely, right? So I'll just say that there. If you can give a dollar a week for the next three years, like that's a blessing. You're playing your part, you know? If you have way more than that, then thank you. You're playing your part. That's what's important is we're all kind of sacrificing equal. We can't give equally, but we can sacrifice equally, right? And so here's what we need. We need $203,000 uh, commitments over three years. We need 20 people to give 10,000, 20 people 15,000, 20 people 20,000, five people 25,000 over the three years. Then we get to those legacy commitments. We need five people to give 30,000, three to give 40,000, two to give 50,000, one to give 75,000, and one to give 100,000 over those three years. And we just think that's a doable way. Like somebody was saying that if you take the $3,000 one and you divide it up monthly, it's like $84 a month. So you think about it that way, it's a little bit more digestible, right? And so we know that this project's not going to take three years. Our contractor actually and his team are going to be here two weeks from tomorrow, and things are rolling, things are happening, so we're excited about that. But let me just walk you through the form. If you want to pledge to give something, then here's what you need to do. You need to write your name, again, on the paper or on the app, preferably the app, but if it comes in on the paper, we'll just get it where it needs to go. Um, name, total pledge amount. Amount up front if you're giving anything. And then how you'll be given over those three years if you are. Some people are just going to give up front. Some people are just going to give over the three years. And some people might do a little bit of a mix of both. And if you're going to give over the three years, you can give it weekly, monthly, or yearly. And then uh, you can email, phone, and then just submit the form. If you would rather fill out the paper tonight, we have right over there on that stand a box that says Reach LI. You can drop your pledge form in there as well. 
Um, if you're giving a big gift at some point in there, then a check would be the best way to do that. But you can also give online. Like if you're going to give recurring, um, then we'd love for you guys to set that up online. Just hit the drop down and you'll find the Reach LI fund when you choose to set all that good stuff up. But let me answer a couple of questions that some people have asked. So we have uh, over and above normal giving. Like some people have said, you know, Doug, I give to the church every week. Is it right if I just like slide that money over into the building fund now? And certainly if that's what you feel to do, that's fine. But we also need to keep like our daily operations rolling, you know? So we're kind of praying like if you're willing to give over and above that normal giving for that season. And then some people have asked like, what if we can't follow through on what we pledge? And, and of course, we're understanding of that. We've learned in this past year that times are really uncertain, right? That, that things just happen to go a certain way that we didn't see coming. And so, of course, we're going to be super gracious about that. And, and we're going to be caring for you through that process and not in any way demanding anything from you guys. If you don't care about the building, let me, let me remind you that every lost person without Jesus, there's a quickening. That's what revival is. Every spiritually dead person, God can bring them to life. Every broken and hurting person, there's restoration. Every person who's running from Jesus, there's a great return. And that is all summed up in revival. Let's be praying for revival. Let's believe that when we finish this building, that God's going to do something special. Because that's what you see all throughout the Old Testament. God would bring his people together, give them a vision to accomplish something great. And when they were done with it, he would show up in a really special and powerful way. If you're not a follower of Jesus, did you see God's heart for you today? Did you see his love for you? Did you see that he's slow to anger and abounding in love, that he's gracious and compassionate? and that he does not desert you. Here's what I believe. I believe that as we take a step forward as a church in faith, like we have, leaving our own building, going to a school, trying to figure out what was next, ending up here, if we keep on taking that, that step of faith and we respond to great generosity in this season, then we're gonna come around the word of God in that building. We're gonna come around prayer and worship and confession and humility and community and friendship and seeing the lost come to Christ and the prodigals come home. And we will have been able to look back. And like I just reminded you of what happened with Pastor Bravon 40 something years ago. And I reminded you about what this guy did for this property. And I reminded you what's already been given. We're gonna be able to look at one another and say, look what God has done. And so let's pray together. God, we just want to pray this bottom line first and foremost. We want to say, God, we pray in this new building, we will experience revival. In this new building here, God, let us experience revival. God, the real thing, God, we're, we don't have a, sh a stomach for the show. We don't have a stomach, God, for what man can do, what women can do. We, we desperately want you. We, we don't even want you, God. We, we want you and need you, God. It's both. It's both. We're hungry. We want you. But God, it's not even a, a question of just that anymore. God, we're in a state of desperation and need, Lord. And so would you come through? And God, we'd even say we'd welcome you before the building's done. We'd welcome the, the revival, the move of God to even usher in the building, God. And so, Lord, just come and move in power in our lives, Lord. Move in our church as you have been. Would you only increase that, Lord? Not for us, Lord, but so that we can reach that community that needs to hear about this compassionate God that does not desert us. If you're a follower of Jesus, would you just pray and ask the Lord to lead you to be a part of this or not? Or if that's not what you're worried about tonight, just bring them the hurt. Bring them the person that's far from Jesus. Bring them whatever it is that you're just weighed down with tonight and know that this same God looks at you with love in his eyes. He looks at that person you're caring about with love in his eyes. If you're not a follower of Jesus and you want to look to him tonight to receive this gift of salvation, then you can pray this with me. Jesus, thank you 
for being gracious and compassionate. Slow to anger. Abounding in love. Thank you that you do not desert me. Jesus, would you show me your great love for me? Would you open, to my, open my eyes to all that you are? Thank you for your forgiveness. And I look to you for salvation today. Thank you so much for your faithfulness in my life. In your name I pray, amen.